Welcome to the Hillside Community Church Podcast. Wherever you're at in your faith, we hope this episode encourages you. If you enjoy the listen, let your friends know, and we'll catch you next time. Bow in a word of prayer with me. Father, uh, we, uh, we want to verbalize to you today that our, that our hearts are open and um, our hands are open. We want you to move in our lives, reveal things to us as we gather together around your name and in the presence of your spirit. Uh, teach us something this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so today's really an important day because uh, it's one we have envisioned as a staff for a number of months, and we're just excited to share with you a little bit about our heart and vision uh, for our future life together. So I'm going to interrupt the series, uh, Elephant in the Room, just, just for today. But, I mean, I want you to think about the fact that it's January 24th, and we've got an entirely sort of interesting year ahead of us. We thought the last one was strange. This one's got who knows what's going to happen in it. We don't know what's going to happen in it. And uh, we're trying to get our arms around who we're supposed to be in this world no matter what happens. And so that's kind of what this is about. And if you call Hillside your home, then this really matters. It really matters. So during our last series called The People of God, a study we did in First Peter about our life together as a church, all along behind the scenes as a, as a leadership, we were making adjustments, uh, tweaks and shifts to our ministry so we could implement what First Peter was calling us to be and do. And the timing really couldn't be more perfect. Uh, because not only did 2021 hold a lot of promise after sort of an unprecedented year, even more so for us, 2021 is going to be the completion of our children's building uh, on our legacy campaign. And we're talking about, you know, five years, including the planning and the sacrifice to make that happen. And we're also are going to have office space for our staff, which is like the first time in our history that we'll all unite together. And while we haven't talked much about that with you, we're very excited about what it means for us. And it means a lot of adjustments to how we operate as a staff. So 2021 is, is big in and of itself for us as a church. So as we begin to picture life in this new setting, culturally and physically, and reflecting in, uh, on First Peter, we began behind the scenes to reprioritize some of our values, create staff positions to ensure the execution of those values, and to simplify all the processes that we could do, and the language that we use to describe those processes so that it's as easy as possible to connect into the life of this church. If we're going to be the people of God, we need to make that as easy as possible 
for people to connect to. So we have been talking as a leadership that we feel like we're just, 2021 is a fresh start for us. Uh, like we're starting anew. And you've probably come across this quote. Because of the current crisis, someone said, every organization is a startup. Everybody's having to step back and rethink everything as if you were starting all over. And that's how we are approaching ministry at Hillside. 2021, we're acting like a startup. And I remember when we started Hillside. This was over 25 years ago in, in a home in Bedford, our, our living room. And when I reflect on that, I think nothing was harder. In fact, I don't even know how we did it when I look back on those first few early years. But nothing was more exciting. I mean, it was as exciting a time as I remember. And nothing felt more worth doing. It was an adventure every single day. We lived on the edge of our seats, literally. We were just waiting for God to move at every turn. And we noticed everything he did, the slightest thing, we could see God's hand in it. Everybody mattered. Everyone felt needed. People who connect to a startup recognize they can't just show up to this place. They got to be involved. And so it was all hands on deck. It didn't matter who you were. If you showed up to Hillside, you had a role. And nobody was picky. Just what had to be done and we did it. it created an energy and a life uh, that was, was enthusiastic and energizing. Uh, people who connect to a startup are not consumers. They're contributors. They don't walk in and say, well, let me see what you got for me. They say, wow, how can I help? because they know it can't be done without them. The other thing that happens in a startup is the mission is crystal clear. If you're going to launch something, which is the hardest part of anything, is the beginning of launching, you got to have the mission crystal clear. Everybody's got to know exactly what this is about, and our hearts beat really, really fast for people to come to know Christ. That was our passion. And I think this is what 1 Peter has in mind when he's telling these churches in Asia Minor who were experiencing all kinds of cultural and political upheaval and rejection. They began to lose their spiritual identity a little bit. Weren't really sure what the mission was, weren't really sure how to pull the mission off, which is totally understandable. But they lost that sense of identity. And along with that comes a loss of a sense of wonder. When you become a consumer and not a contributor, you lose a sense of wonder. You don't, you don't anticipate and expect God to do something great in the settings you're in. You're just sort of living some routine. That's what happens over time. You might have a business that you feel that. 
Well, Peter is like, you can't lose your sense of wonder as the people of God. That identity has to be crystal clear. And I know how important it was to me this past summer going through that. And I learned something. I learned something in a fresh way, very fresh. How critical we are to each other in our spiritual lives as, a people, as the people of God. And how necessary we were for the world. Because I was starting to lose a little bit of the, Lord, why? Why the church? Are we really making an impact? And if you felt that way, then you know what I'm talking about. Are we really needed? Do we really have power to do anything? And then you come across these verses in like 1 Peter 2, 5, where Peter says, you yourselves are living stones. You're being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. And I was just envisioned again. Living stones, all of us. Not one stone. It requires everybody. Together, we build something that God's at home in. And God fills the space. He chooses to fill the space of the life of our lives as we gather. That, mo- that motivated me. I started to see all the little activities that we do together as spiritual sacrifices that God's pleased with. But nothing hit me like 1 Peter 2.9. It's just taken over my vision of the church, and it's just so perfect for the culture that we live in now where Peter says, you're a chosen race. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And between those two passages, you see the importance of being together as these stones that are alive, but you also see the wonder of being a certain kind of people that by virtue of our life together, we proclaim God's excellencies to the world his virtues, the the beauty of God is seen in what we do when we're together. That means he's saying literally, we have our own politic. We have our own culture. Political, cultural, racial, national, and spiritual identity supernaturally created by God. That's incredible. We're sort of our own society within a society, our own city within a city, our own community within a community, our own race within a race, our own nation within a nation. The world is struggling to figure out their identity in each one of these. And the church is God's way of showing the world what it's supposed to look like, what only he can do to bring unity in community. Now let me bring this home. It's part of the purpose and, in, and our purpose as a, as a body and our impact on the world comes from our life together as these stones gathered and God filling the space. And because God is there, 
Peter sees us all as priests, all with access to that presence. We all have access to that presence. And so he calls us all priests, which just sort of elevates all the activities we do together to something sacred and something spiritual. Where God's present and active and all the while, it says, building up the living stones, shaping us into something more and more like the people he wants to be on this earth. And he highlights three sacred duties of these priests and, and the life together that they have that accomplish two things, transform the people while they're doing them, but also proclaims God's beautiful qualities to the world when they do them. I needed to be reminded of those two things. We cannot do it alone, and the world got to have us even though they don't know it. So, we have put together these sacred duties out of 1 Peter in a sort of a, in a, in a visual that looks like this, three, three circles with all of them in there. There's the worship together, which is living stones, corporate. We've got to have our moment together. This is it. This is our weekly moment together where we make a statement to the world when we gather. That's the worship piece of this. We've got to be together to do it. And this, when this happens, just so you know, in this circle, the public and corporate gathering of us together in, in culture and in society seven, every seven days speaks volumes to the world in and of itself. But what we do when we're in here together is we all declare our allegiance to one God, to one king. That's what we do when we worship together. We have declared who we bow to. And at the same time, that means we resist the ways, often idolatrous ways of the world. That's what's happening. That's an incredible thing to happen. Because when we're dismissed, all those things are happening in our everyday lives, families, work, school. Then there's life together, where Peter says, love one another. And there's verse 8. I want you to see 4, 8, and 9. We looked at these verses uh, specifically, but above all, he says, above all, what are the priests doing? They're loving one another earnestly, lots of effort, because love covers a multitude of sins. That, that literally covers every relational problem. And then he says, and show hospitality without grumbling. This is just the work of relating this is the connecting and care for one another where you do the hard work of loving, relating, and partnering together. And it is hard work. Relationships are really hard work. But it transforms us to do it. But then Peter also adds in verse 10, right after this, one more thing. Serve one another. This is the other sort of circle where we're called stewards. Each has received a gift. Use it. And you can stop right there. Use the thing. And everybody will see God's grace at work in you when you use it to benefit other people. And that's what's serving. It's God-given abilities to benefit other people. And all three of these circles 
Uh, we are not the primary, we're not the central figure in any of them individually. We come together, and when you come together in this kind of setting, if you're going to be a different race, and you're going to be a different nation, and you're going to be, have, have a little political system and your cultural system the way God wants it to be, then, then you, you can't be in it for yourself. It can't be about you. And maybe that's an elephant in the room. You know, in the language of our series, in the church, maybe. Well, you know, I'm doing one of these, but I'm not doing the other two. Sometimes if we're doing life together, we think, well, we don't need to come to church on a Sunday morning and be together and make that statement, or we think we don't need to serve. You know, it can get out of whack in lots of people, but these are sacred activities that have to be incorporated uh, into our daily lives and schedules, and we're calling them you know, because of some of the study and reading that we're doing, we've just sort of grabbed a hold of a term that we see a lot now is just rhythms. They're rhythms. Just part of the, uh, just the rhythm of your life. So we want to challenge you to make these three things a natural part of your life's priority and routine. We're going to talk about this hopefully in the, in the series to come, but in a seven-day period, Every seven days, do you have a vision of what ought to be happening in your life during those seven days? And one of the things that becomes sort of a rhythm that's non-negotiable in your life is, are these three things. And to the degree that you live those and other things that are distinctive about you and the people of God, you transform. These are three important things, we think. They become part of just the rhythm of your seven-day world the beat of your life. Of course, during the pandemic, we're all adjusting and, and making do and doing the best we can with what we're going on. So we're all adjusting wisely and creative in light of that. I don't want to uh, downplay that. It's, a, it's an important part of what we're dealing with right now. So we're doing the best we can with these three rhythms. But what if we were to begin to live with a sense of wonder that if I were doing that, God would show up in a, in a unique way reveal himself to the world through us. Somehow when we do those things, this is the mysterious part. I don't know how he does it. I just know that when we're doing those things, it makes a statement to the world. And if they're not in your life, as Peter Jones says, we become Christians, he says, suffer from arrhythmia. You know, just a little, just a beat that's not consistent. And if one or all of these are excluded from your life for whatever reason, um, it, it impacts the church, our identity as people. I mean, somewhere along the line, we're not missing it. If you go to community and you do a lot of community groups, but you don't serve, then you've somehow missed what the people of God are supposed to be. And so it's just putting them all together. And we have worked really hard as a staff behind the scenes over the last few months to make this something that we don't just talk about or file away. It's really hard stuff to do, and it'd be really easy to say, we did a talk on it, you know, three years ago, and it's in a file now. Uh, that would be really easy to do. But today we want to show you that we are serious about these three rhythms and about implementing them into the life of our church. So in order to do that, I'm going to invite uh, our leadership, our st uh, staff that are sort of overseeing 
this, these pieces and give you a window into what we mean by them. So I'm going to go ahead and invite you guys on up to the platform. All right, so as they do, I'll introduce them to you. This is, you know, Dave Bream. Uh, Dave's role has shifted at Hillside. Talked about staff adjustments. Uh, Dave has moved from community and, and uh, discipleship and that kind of stuff over to spiritual or leadership development. That's his primary task now. He's in charge of the leadership culture of Hillside. That includes the staff, making sure everyone is aligned and, and together as uh, in, in order to pull all those things off. So he's in, he's in charge of making sure none of us drop the ball on those things. And you put staff over it, you know, you're, you're assured that it's going to happen. And then, so Daniel has taken all those things Dave was doing prior to that, he is, is shouldering. So he's got community and life, which most of you are used to a little bit with him, but now he's taken over a little bit more of that. And then we created another role. These are the two positions we created, the spirit, uh, leadership development and serving. This is our director of serving, Kristen Cothran. And so uh, we're really excited. These are really terrific leaders, and God is doing some great things behind the scenes. I thought I would start with Dave because we've had this conversation about uh, we're really not doing anything new. Yeah, I mean, if you've been in Hillside... You've heard our heart for community, our heart for serving, our heart for worshiping together. Um, but I think what was interesting is for our, our pastoral lead team, we actually came into a pastoral lead team one time and I just said, hey, fill out this card. If someone came to you hillside and said, walked up to you on a Sunday morning and said, how do I connect at hillside, what would you say? And it was interesting, um, we got about 10 different answers on how you would respond to that. And so, you know, what we're sharing today about these rhythms and the three rhythms is one, to have what Pete was talking about, the balance in those three rhythms in our lives, but also some consistency as we, as we share with people how to get connected, how to, how to become a part of Hillside. And so that was one of the things, it was purpose of this, is to have some consistency in answering that question and guiding people. We've created T-shirts that say, you know, these three rhythms. So even as we're walking around Hillside or even in the community and they see your shirt, they can say, hey, what's Hillside about? Hey, it's about worshiping together, life together, and serving together. Very easy. And that's some of the consistency communication-wise. Yeah, and I'm, I might add one thing to that. Um, something that has helped me as I've been explaining the rhythms to people, um, because like Pete and Dave have said, it isn't anything new. Like we focused on worshiping together, serving and being in life groups. Um, but it's the idea that I've been kind of likening it to um, your like a healthy physical foundation, just like it's important to exercise well and to um, exercise and to eat well and to get good sleep. Obviously, you have um, the most healthy physical foundation if you're doing all three of those things, it's similar here with the worship together, life together, and serve together for a strong spiritual foundation. And we all know it can be easy. We know the person that, you know, exercises like crazy, but they eat horrible food and they never get good sleep. Well, it would be better to probably exercise a little less and focus some more of that energy on, on your sleep and your eating. Similar here, there's some of us that are in five life groups, which is awesome, but maybe we don't serve anywhere. Or because we're in those life groups, we go, I, I don't have time to get to church on Sunday morning. And so it's just an awareness over trying to create a really healthy spiritual foundation through these rhythms, getting all three of them uh, kind of working more equally in our lives. 
So the rhythms are sort of the peak. They're the things we talk about, see, visualize together as a community. Everything behind the scenes that we're working on to make that happen is the reason that we actually hired two positions in the life of this church that have never been here in 25 years. Leadership development, because you got to create a culture of leaders. You got to have leaders to help you pull these things off. Uh, and you got to hold people, the, the leaders that you do have accountable to make sure it's happening. And then uh, we've never had a person overseas serving someone who was in charge of making sure the staff understood that volunteers are important. How are you inviting them in? What are you inviting them to do? How are you training them? How are you loving them? How are you celebrating them? And how are you using them to make a body like the one God intends for us? So that's kind of what it's about now. Yeah, and I was going to add, you referenced um, when you were talking a minute ago when Hillside started and that whole contributor versus consumer. You know, I was in high school when Hillside started, and I remember, I mean, there was one paid staff position, and it was Pete, and so everything else still had to happen in the church, but it was all volunteers. Like, nobody could come and just consume. Everybody had to come and contribute, and, you know, over time, as your church grows and you add more staff, it can be easy to start to have a mentality. I mean, I fall into it sometimes of, like, well, there's staff now to do that, but, but I mean, imagine we— we really want to shift that thinking because God has like wired into each one of you such unique opportunities that can only be reflected in that unique way through you. And so if we were all coming together, utilizing those and using them the same way we did when Hillside started, I mean, it's just so cool to think what we could be accomplishing. And I shared in the first service a story. We did a Thanksgiving outreach um, back in November and um, there was a lot of logistical stuff we had to figure out, the flow of how the people would come on and get their boxes and get prayed for and on and on and on. And I consider myself fairly administrative and really thought that our team had thought through that well. And, you know, and Gary Poole, who I love and serves on our welcome team, is just awesome. You know, he came up to me and really nicely was like, you know, I really think if you switch these few things around, you know, this would work a little better. And and sure enough, you know, it did. And I was like, wow, Gary, you know, thank you. Well, turns out he has like a master's in logistics management and has a real passion for that. And like, so who am I up there figuring out logistics when Gary Poole is part of Hillside, you know what I'm saying? And can, and can use those gifts that God's given him to, you know, to serve our body and our community. And so I just, it's so cool to me to imagine if we were all employing what God gave us here um, what we what we could be accomplishing. Well, no, that's and that's where the expectation anticipation comes in when we consider the fact that who knows what giftings we have in 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 the body that God has. You know, God has God gifts every body with a certain amount of abilities and supernatural capabilities to do things like that. And when it happens, your, your church is just exponentially better. I asked this in the first service. Have you ever attended any church event and said? They could have done that better. I guarantee you have. I have. Oh, that was really poorly done. We didn't think through that well enough. Um, so what I'm saying is, is what would happen if in every area of the ministry we had people who, who brought their abilities to the table, then, you, then you'd think to yourself, now that's a church. Now, I'd like to be a part of a church like that. Well, you can't just come and consume a church like that. You've got to be able, you got to contribute, figure out where you uh, step in. So we're going to come back to serving in just a minute, but I want Daniel to say a few things about, so we're making a few tweaks in our uh, life groups uh, with him taking this over. And so 
why don't you go ahead and speak to that? Yeah, part of the, really the biggest um, change that we have right now is just bringing all of our community groups up under this umbrella of life groups. And part of the reason for this is communication, just the ease of being able to get somebody plugged in. But the other big piece of it, you know, we, we've identified these, these values of a life group, discipleship, care, missions, and multiplication. And we want all of our groups across the board, if, you have, if you're getting plugged into that rhythm of life together, we want you to experience those four values uh, in whatever group that you're in. So we're going to still have, you know, we'll still have outliers like sports teams that, that will serve as an on-ramp into community, or we'll have discipleship groups that will be uh, an avenue for people to get uh, discipled in a different way for a period of time. Uh, but if you're getting involved, involved in this rhythm of life together at Hillside, uh, we want you to experience these four values. And all of our groups, I think, do really well at discipleship and care, uh, it's, it's really when you get into these other two values. You know, we say that the, the, the first two values are your contribution to the group, discipleship and care. But the second two values are your group's contribution to the community, this missions and multiplication, having a missional project for your group, um, and then looking, uh, having that future outlook of how are we going to multiply? How are we going to bring this to more people? Um, and, you know, the question that we keep bringing up for all of our, all of our groups is, is this, this idea of if, what would the community miss if your group ceased to exist? And that's really what we're trying to trying to accomplish and bringing all of these uh, groups under life groups is, is, is getting that, um, the missions of multiplication added back into that. One of the things we're trying to be really committed to around here, when we say a word, you go, I know exactly what they mean by that word. Because, you know, there's lots of words in life. But you, you go, you hear it, and pretty soon you're just not, it's fuzzy. And life is one of them. If I say you're doing life together, what does it mean around here at Hillside when we say life together? So Daniel is saying, well, it means four things. And so it's not full life. It's an inadequate life if all four things aren't happening. So one of them is care. If you get into a group in a community, you want to be cared for. You expect to be cared for. It's just going to happen. And you expect to care for other people. That just happens. The other one is discipleship. You expect to learn and grow, challenge each other. Iron sharpens iron. Being with you helps me see things in my life that I could be better at. That's part of loving you and learning from you. But then the other two are the real, are the toughies. And one of them is multiplication, and one of them is mission. So the mission means that we're going to come together, and you know what happens to a group over time. You get together, and at first for a little while it's really great, and then over time it just becomes a, uh, you know. And, and, and part of that is because it doesn't have an outward focus. It needs an outlet. It needs somewhere to put their energy. So we are asking each life group as part of their life to do something in the community. You know, once a week, once a month, once a quarter, whatever, find something. And there's this myriad of options to you. We're going to give you as many options as we can, but someone in your group may have something. Uh, tons of options for what your group could do so that you could answer the question, well, if our group stopped meeting, we wouldn't, be able, we wouldn't be doing that anymore. Whatever it is. And then the other one's multiplication, which is the hardest one. By far, it's the hardest one. It's the challenge of every church to have people who sit in it and are thinking about the people who are not here yet. That's the hardest one. Because you get in here and you get excited, you, 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 you do benefit, but you, you forget that there's other people who don't know it yet. 
And God's heart for that is really big. And so you got a group of 15 people, you've been together a long time. To disrupt that group in any way feels like it, you're going to lose, like you're losing a limb. But if you could think to yourself, wow, you know, if there's 15 of us, if four of us went off and started a group, we could invite another 10 people. There'd be 10 more people involved. And we can get a few more in this one. And you just multiply This isn't happening every week. It's not that kind of thing. But it's the kind of vision that every group, if they had it, there'd be space for someone else to come in and experience what you've experienced. That's the heart of God. That's part of the sacrifices that we make for one another. Yeah, and I'll say, I, I think so much of this, from, from serving to, uh, to this missional opportunity and this multiplication focus, so much of this is just empowering the church to be the church. You know, not, not waiting on uh, the church as an institution to come up with another thing for you to go out and do in the community, but to be able to take it yourself, your unique gifts and, and group makeup and passions, and be able to go out, and, and we are making an impact. We are empowering the church to be the church. And that's what I think is so exciting about all of this. Yeah, it's, it's actually wild because you talk about stones. Stones would be the leadership taking the stones and grabbing you like one of the stones and just setting it somewhere and going, yeah, stay there and do something or be something. But God calls them living stones. They're alive. They have a spirit in them. They, they, they have ideas. They have gifts. And you never know what God's going to do with that stone. You've set it there, but God can do anything with it. And if we lived with that expectation that God could do something great in this setting when we're gathered for worship or we are in a life group or, or we're serving, who knows what could happen. So, yeah, it's a, it's a little scary. It's, it's uncontrollable to some degree, which is, you know, the opposite of institutional to some, to some degree. Now, let's talk a little bit. Let's go back to serving and say a few things there. Yeah, so obviously, if Serve Together is us giving you all an opportunity to use your gifts that God's given you for what he's doing here at Hillside, then we want to just really turn up the dial on on increasing the opportunities that you have to do that. And so we are looking at that from all angles. As a staff, we've been asking hard questions like, where are we, you know, where can we use volunteers that we aren't right now? What are you doing as a staff person that somebody else could do and honestly probably do better, you know, because God's gifted them uniquely for that. Um, How do we get back calling people um, to where they feel empowered and called to a mission and not just a role? Because that's something that I remember in the early days of Hillside, like with my family, I mean, it was when Hillside was beginning, it was the highlight of our week. I mean, it was the most important thing we were doing. Like, yes, we were going to school and going to our jobs. And, but every night it was like, this is happening at Hillside or Hillside needs this. Or, I mean, we were just on mission. Like the mission didn't, didn't leak or fade away easily because, because we just felt so called to that purpose. And so we want to keep that alive. Um, and that's something we have to work to do sometimes after a lot of years have passed. But um, so anyway, we continue to do that. And there's, um, we're going to share in a little bit one of the, the vehicles that, we are, um, that we've created to kind of get those opportunities out to you. Um, I don't know if we want to right now. Go ahead. Um, yeah, one of the things that we're trying to really do is regularly give shout outs to just the awesome volunteers that we do have. Because we truly, like, the church is not the church without you all um, serving and using those gifts. And um, so we have a little video we're going to play in just a minute, but I do have a special um, just little shout out that I want to personally give. Um, Many of you know Bobby Cook. Um, He has, and he's back there in the corner. I see him. 
you can wave or stand or, yeah. Um, so he has overseen our parking lot ministry. I don't even remember when he didn't oversee our parking lot ministry. Like maybe he's done it forever. Um, I'm not sure. But when you talk about somebody that has owned a role, I mean, that has treated a role like, like it's their own business, like almost thinking like an owner. I mean, it, it is him. Like we, it's just, it's unbelievable. I don't even really know how to put it into words, um, but he has been invested 100%, like a true kingdom contributor. And he is retiring from his role, um, even though for quite a while, a couple of years now, every time he's brought that up to me, I've, you know, kind of ignored him. Like I just well, like start talking about something else. And because I just don't even want to think about like a parking lot without Bobby Cook leading it. Um, so I guess because I wasn't listening, he went ahead and like found his replacement and he's been training his replacement. And so like he clearly is, is going to move on to this next stage of life. But I mean, he is going to be so incredibly missed and I'm still in denial about it. But I just, if you could stand up, like I would just love to, a round of applause, please. And Jen has something for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't know what we'll do without you, Bobby. Absolutely. You can still reconsider. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so on that note, uh, we do have a video because, like I said, there's so many of you. So at our last leadership yeah. event, uh, we had, uh, in, I guess it was in November, we, we started something just ground from, from the ground, uh, these shout-outs. And uh, where we, as a staff, a group, would just send a shout out to a volunteer who we just know we couldn't, we couldn't be doing ministry with, without them. We have lots of them around here, so there's lots of shouts to come. But we wanted you to see just a couple that we just put together for, for you. So the children's ministry has far too many people that we can thank individually. We want to say thank you to all of our youth leaders, but we want to give a couple of shout outs to some specific ones. And it's Jen Helsley with the Welcome Team, and I'm so excited to be able to highlight a few of our many incredible volunteers. Acacia, Chris, and Mackenzie, they actually don't serve in a single ministry. They, they, they are uh, floaters for us, and so chances, thank you very much. Steve and Diane, we wanted to say thank you for all you do leading uh, life groups and, and coaching our leaders. And also with our premarital counseling program, you guys do a great job with that. A another family that comes to mind is the Carmens, and we are so incredibly grateful to you, uh, Scott and Stacy. Shannon, we wanted to shout out and tell you how much we love and appreciate you. Thank you for your incredible, consistent service. Um, bottom line, you're just awesome. So Josh Moore, Catherine Click, Ronnie Hurtado, thank you for being so faithful. Kelly McCormack, we just wanted to thank you for all that you do for continuing education for our student ministry program. You bring so much energy to the team and we love, we love working with you. I do want to give a shout out to one of our favorite people on the planet and it is our Z. Joe Bauer on our Usher team, Rhonda George on our coffee bar team. Hey, uh, Alvin, we just wanted to um, just give a shout out to you. Uh, this is our intercessory prayer team. We just really appreciate you, your heart for prayer. Thank you. Lastly, uh, new to our serve team have been the Wallaces. Uh, 
uh, Vicki and Tom. We are so incredibly grateful for y'all. Gary and Laura Poole on our greeter team. We want to give a huge shout out to Christina and Sarah for serving so faithfully through all these years of the tech team. And specifically, I want to shout out to Bobby Cook. He has led our parking lot team since the beginning, and he is retiring his position this year. And Bobby, we love you so much, and we are so thankful for just the example that you have set uh, on how to serve in an honoring and faithful way at Hillside. Thank you from the Children's Ministry. God bless you. We appreciate you. We love you, Shannon. We love you, Christina Sarah. You rock. We love you. Welcome, team. You ready? One, two, three. Thank you. So as you can see, I mean, we just have so many people that make, uh, you know, our hillside world work. We just want them all to know how much we appreciate them. And we want to invite you to be a part of that. And so why don't we go ahead and shift to what would it look like if somebody wanted to be a part of that? Kristen. Yes. So for the serving piece, like I said, something that we wanted to create was a way to get these opportunities opportunities to you in real time, like as they come about, because like I said, we are all, there are going to be so many new opportunities that you haven't seen in a long time coming. And so we want a way that we can push them out as they come. And so we have created online um, a serving dashboard. It's at yourhillside.com slash serve. Um, and I would actually even encourage you all to, if you have your phones, go ahead and pull it out right now. Like, let's look at this together just so that everybody starts to feel comfortable with it. Um, it is a work in progress. There were still pieces being added to it yesterday, and there's a lot more to come, some bells and whistles, ways to make it um, even more user-friendly. But ministries have started to get to us um, needs that they have. These are current needs, like need to be filled yesterday. Um, and so we are looking to get you all plugged in. One thing that I really want to point out, um, if you're on your mobile device, you'll notice in the bottom right corner, there's a green circle. And if you click that, you're able to sort these opportunities by ministry. So that's helpful just because the list is long right now. Um, and so if you know, you know, I'm really interested maybe in being in children's or student, um, you can go ahead and narrow that down and just see those opportunities. Um, once you see one that you're interested in, it's as simple as clicking on it, reading a little bit more, hitting submit, and that is going to start the process. You're going to hear from somebody this week, and we are going to begin the process of getting you all um, plugged in. And so there's going to be a lot more to come with this. We're going to be sharing with you all when every week the new opportunities are posted. There's going to be easy ways to determine what those are. Um, but I just, I, I mean, honestly, we want this dashboard clear. Like we don't, we don't want it to have as many opportunities as it does right now. It, ideally, every week it has zero, you know, because we filled them. And so, um, so anyway, we're really excited about this. And, you know, maybe you want to talk to somebody a little bit more or you have some more questions or you have an idea that's not on there. Um, please come see me. I'm always in the community space after services um, or Go Discover. Our Go Discover class is a great opportunity to be able to have a little bit more conversation about things. Um, we used to have four Go classes, the, um, but we have consolidated that down to three. And the first one is Go Discover, and it's all about the rhythms and getting those rhythms working in your life. So just to clarify, you can go online and do that. You go online and you go, hey, all of these, none of these really appeal to me. What I'd really like to do is, you can let Kristen know that as well. You can just go see her and tell her, 
what I would like to do is not on there. What I'm capable of doing uh, is X, Y, and Z. I had somebody come up to me right after the service and just say, you know what I'd really love to do at Hillside? And he, and he said that to me. And I go, I'll tell you who you need to talk to. We just want to be better at making that process easier. Now, it's, it's, a, hard, it's a hard process, but, and it's a lot of work, but we really want to make that happen because we just know. And there's, there's, we just don't want to put any limit. There's volunt- elders or volunteers around here. It's as high as you can go in, in ministry position at Hillside, and they're volunteers. So uh, there's no ceiling to what a volunteer can do, and Dave's going to be in charge of some of that leadership development to make people prepared for those big roles. Why don't you quickly say how people can get into a life group, Daniel? Yeah, so with all the changes on the website for the serving dashboard, we wanted to have a similar way for everybody to get involved in a life group. And so now if you go to the website um, and you look under life groups, you're going to see all of our groups listed there. Uh, and you, similarly to the other one, you can you can filter by uh, stage of life, whether you're an empty nester or you're young married with kids or men or women, all of our groups are going to now be on there. Um, they're going to have the info for, you know, is this group meeting in person? Is this group meeting on Zoom? Uh, what time, where? Uh, all that info is going to be on there. And uh, just like, you know, on, uh, just like with the serving, on your phone, you've got a little dot down at the bottom if you're looking at it. Uh, there's a little dot that'll bring up those, those filters. But, you know, we'd love to spend some time answering any questions you've got and getting you guys plugged into these, to these rhythms today. Yeah. Um, so, just to sort of wrap this up, Dave, you, you, you didn't really say much. We were, uh, you know, but I want you to uh, yeah. just put a knot on, uh, yeah. a bow on this, I not mean, a knot, a for, bow. For me, I'm excited about um, just this new role. I think, um, you know, when we talked about legacy three to five years ago, you know, it was about building a children's building. But for me and a lot of our staff, it's preparing the next generation. Um, you know, I'm 57 now. I won't say how old Pete is. But, there's, uh, uh, but we have senior leadership that are very seasoned people that I'm just looking at the stage of life that I'm in, being able to especially disciple younger men and also developing them as leaders to, again, eventually take hillside over. So discipleship is a huge heart for us because when we've created this leadership pipeline that we're working on, the most important thing is to lead yourself first. And so much of that is your own personal walk with God and that discipleship mechanism. But then how do you lead others? How do you lead ministries? How do you lead, you know, um, zones in our staff? How do you lead, you know, like you said, um, ELT and then also our elders. But, you know, here you probably, why don't you say something about Matt with his role with our church in her, in, is a major executive yeah. pastor role. Yeah, so um, so Matt Eagleston is the executive pastor of our church, and he's essentially a volunteer. Uh, I don't even have words for what he means to me and to Hillside. I can only tell you that, um, you know, I guess it was, it may have been more than six years ago now, we were sitting in an airport. We were coming back from Swaziland, just the two of us. And, um, and I know Matt's gifting. He's gifted, and he's smart and godly. And I just, I, I just threw out while we were sitting in a coffee shop in an airport there, um, how would you, what would you think about becoming the executive pastor? And he's, you know, owner and CEO of a, of a company and, and a successful one, and I, 
how would you like to be the executive pastor at Hillside? And I remember him sitting there, and I thought he was going to receive that a whole lot better than, than he did, but he gave me the, nah, I doubt that, but I appreciate you asking kind of a thing. Well, he's doing it, and he's been doing it for a, number, a couple of years now, three maybe. Um, but, I mean, he has just transformed uh, our leadership because of the role that he plays in so many ways and he's a volunteer. He offers his time. And you, none of us perceive or see Matt as, as a volunteer. I mean, he's the executive pastor. I mean, he, what, he, what he says really matters. It carries a lot of weight. And we're all looking to him for, for guidance. And he does just a tremendous job. Uh, I think you mentioned earlier, I mean, we don't look at him as a volunteer. He has authority. I mean, he's telling us all what he tells me what to do all the time. Yeah, you'd never know it and his commitment. I mean, that's the thing. It could be easy for somebody that's volunteering like that to be like, you know, sit out of the things that don't sound too fun to come to or, you know, I am a volunteer. I mean, like to throw that one out there, never. I mean, you would never know it. And He's so, a part of everything significant we do. You, you just think he's part of our staff. And Matt, you're right there. Why don't you stand up? People probably know who you are with your lovely wife. Chris there. Thank you. We, we love you. And I didn't mention Amy, but I want to go ahead and say you know, Bobby's wife, Amy, was sitting with him. I think she's walking in now. Just want to uh, go yeah, ahead and say hello, Amy. Thank yeah. you for coming back. With <laughs> <laughs> uh, his wife there. But anyway, just, I mean, I'm telling you, we just wouldn't know what to do. And, and I know there's, there's more mats out there. Uh, so... We, we, we'd love for you to be a part yeah, of And that's just a lid that wasn't there as a startup. You never thought, oh, that's too, when Hillside was starting, that's too big of a job for a volunteer. A volunteer would never do that. We don't want to answer for you, like, because we, we know there are more mats and more, you know, and we just, we're excited about where, you know, this could go. So if you can picture it, I'm going to go ahead and dismiss you guys because we're going to wrap this thing up here. Uh, thank you guys so much. Don't, aren't they amazing? They're amazing. Uh, I just, uh, I just want you to know that um, with our staff and the processes that we're putting behind this, we want to get, uh, we, we really want to make this come to life at Hillside, and we want you to live with a sense of anticipation. I had a gal walk up to me, and this is how I want to close this service, different than I closed the last one, uh, walk up to me after the service, and she goes, you know, I've, I've been involved in a couple of different levels at Hillside, and now I'm doing this, and, and uh, she had a shirt on, and what she does, and I, and, and she said, I, I said, I want you to know the revelation that hits you every now and then, because you get involved in something, and once, you, once you've taken ownership of something, uh, if you're in it for a little while, something will happen, and God, God answers the why question. I know why I do that now. You know, if you're a greeter and you meet a family for the first time and make them feel welcome and they come back and say, yeah, because I met them, I, we decided to come back a second week. And it's this moment like that that you go, I know why I stand at this door in the cold. You know, with maybe, you know, during COVID, it's not a great job. Greeter's not a great job. But every once in a while, something happens you go, I know why I lead that group. I know why I, I, I counsel. I know why I do it. And if you don't have that why revelation every now and then in your life, because 
You don't get them all the time, but every once in a while, you'll go, now I know why I get up for that. Now I know why I put the time in. You got to have those why revelations. And you'll feel like an owner uh, as the people of God. So as we wrap this up, I just want to remind anyone who was visiting today, and this sort of is a different kind of service, and maybe you don't call Hillside your home. You're just sort of investigating. That's terrific. But you needed to get a little bit of a window into where our heart is and what we're about. Um, so I hope you got that today. But if you're here today and you needed something for your soul in a way that we didn't address. Let me, let me just say this to you about what First Peter says. First Peter says to all of us, and all of us were in this boat at one time, you were not a people. This is First Peter 2.10. You were not a people. But then God showed mercy to you. And now you're a people. You're not a people because there's anything special about you. No one in this room can claim that. We're only people because God showed us mercy. And if you need that mercy today, you can have it and become one of his children and then his people. So I hope you'll consider that today. After the service, we have corners over here. If you need to talk to someone or pray, I would invite you to do that. Why don't you stand to your feet, and while you do, Cody's going to come up and just say, two quick things to you and then uh, dismiss you. Thank you, Pete. Mm -hmm. Thank you all for being here today. Again, visitors, meet with us after the service in the Connect area. We also do have these long sleeve shirts for sale in the Connect area as well. I know some of you were asking about that. One thing that I really do want to highlight is letting you know that next Sunday starts a lot of our life groups off for Sunday nights. And so normally that starts about 5 p.m. for most of us. So what we want to do, and we're inviting all of you out, the whole family, 4.30 next Sunday on the 31st. 4.30 p.m., we're going to gather out in front of the new building and have just a 30-minute worship and prayer time together just to get our hearts right, prepare for the great semester and what that building is going to be in just a few short weeks. I get to keep reducing the time frame because we are so close to being there. So we want to gather together, pray together next Sunday, 430. You could bring the kids with you and then drop them off at childcare afterwards if you got groups. So I want to let you know about it. Again, thank you for being here. Hillside, we'll see you guys next time.